Welcome to So You Can Heal. I'm Josh. I'm a licensed social worker and therapist at Still Point Consultants. And I'm Abby Parker, a licensed mental health counselor and therapist at Still Point Consultants as well. And last time we spoke about the causes of anxiety. And today we are talking more about the content of the anxiety. So like what is happening what's showing up like what are the specific types of anxiety more nuancy maybe i think last time we got a little nuancy too <laughs> that's okay we did and you know josh the first thing that comes to mind is how people who might be experiencing anxiety have not even considered or labeled it that way and they have no concept that what they are experiencing on a daily moment by moment basis is anxiety forming within their thoughts, their feelings and their body. Yeah, I can totally see not in a bad way, but a lack of awareness of what's happening with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's almost normalized of like, I should worry about this or I should always be fearful of this or I should never do that. Something else that I remember you saying last time, was about how anxiety is the reoccurring worry that continuously shows up. Can you share more about that? I think I was talking about the difference between like a stress or stress and anxiety. Stress is where there is a stressor and once that stressor is gone, the stress kind of dissipates. So it may be around work or a deadline or whatever anxiety is like more pervasive and more persistent even in the absence of a stressor so if you remove the deadline stress would generally start to go away or we start feeling better with anxiety that may not that's usually not the case like the stressor is gone and we're still worried about it or we're still worried about something connected to xyz yeah it's just kind of an always thing. I mean, I think that there are ebbs and flows of the impacts that it has. Sometimes it may be more debilitating and sometimes it may not be as bad based on what where we're at and what we're doing or who we're with. And it, it, it's kind of always there. Do you think that it can move from topic to topic? Where mm. like if it's not, if the anxiety is not attaching to one situation, then it'll take the same concept and attach to something else? I think that that's totally possible for sure. And I think that that's a lot of what I see. Like it seems to be around a very particular topic and regardless or instance and whatever situation is coming up that tends to be the focus, like low self-esteem, for example. People with, I mean, this is, generalization obviously not always not with everyone but if someone is uh, experiencing low self-esteem or living with low self-esteem their anxiety may be around how someone sees them or someone what people think about them or what people say about them so at work they're thinking oh my gosh i'm not a good worker i don't know what to do i don't know how to do this like people are gonna i'm gonna lose my job my boss is gonna find out that i'm faking it and i don't know what the hell i'm doing then you move them to their friend circle well my friends don't really like me they feel sorry for me they pity me so like 
yes, I can totally see how that anxious feeling or that anxiety will follow them and kind of play out the same types of things, just depending on the circle or situation. And I also can see that maybe there are times when, well, because I'm, as I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, do I have, do I know people who, where that's not the case ish, but generally what I'm seeing as I'm thinking about it, like even some of my most anxious people that I know just have a bigger circle of stories that they tell themselves. So it's not just, well, what are people thinking about me? It's what are people thinking about me? Oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Oh my gosh, my body's going to shut down. I'm going to be. So they're, the things that they tell themselves have expanded beyond maybe one or two stories. And now they have 50 that they're rifling through in any given situation. And therefore their anxiety is exponentially higher because of all of the stories that they're telling themselves. Yeah. And that makes so much sense to me because if I think about anxiety escalating, a lot of times if people are able to intervene like at a lower level of anxiety and test the theory in which they're thinking about and it to be like disproven, like if you think, oh, my friend won't talk to me and then you don't talk to your friend, then the story continues. But if you're able to move through the discomfort talk to your friend and the friend talk back to you, then it disproves the story that you were telling yourself. And so, yeah, how you're talking about the stories, they're just being more stories and how those escalate into catastrophic fears. I mean, and some of them are like really debilitating. Right. I mean, and I've found that in some cases, not all, but it's almost like the story's crescendo Hmm. that the deeper they get into it, certain stories start playing out. And the as they get deeper into it, the more catastrophic, the more fatal the stories become. And it starts impacting the body. And now that it's impacting my body in like super noticeable physical ways, like my throat may be closing up. I may be having difficulty breathing. I may start experiencing numbness and... Um, like lack of mobility in my limbs, like now I'm going to have to go to the hospital and oh my gosh, they're going to admit me for being crazy and they're going to do all these things. They're going to make me like a test subject or, or whatever. And a lot of it stems from this early conversation that they're having with themselves about something. I don't know, <laughs> but it, like I've, I've seen it just like a building up of just the more, I guess, the more catastrophic the stories become and it's harder to pull yourself out of them. I mean, I guess really at that point, you don't. Yeah. Well, and we've talked about the concept of like when you're at the peak of that curve, you're almost like riding a wave until you come back down. And I think it is so unfortunate for, for anyone who, like all of us who experience some form of anxiety and how... If you don't know how to catch yourself on the bottom of that wave and make the impact smaller, your brain becomes used to that pattern of a larger impact. And it's interesting because like people 
who experience such high impacts of anxiety generally are really okay. Like on a scale from zero to 10, zero, nothing, 10 being like catastrophic, like we're talking about, like if they are used to building up to a nine or a 10, then a four or a five is completely fine. Right. And the idea that in the possibility that they could be at a zero is nowhere in their ideas that that is a possibility at all. Yeah. And I find... I'm so glad you said that because when we experience or see a presentation of someone still being in discomfort, but not even realizing that they're like not at a resting state, you have to relearn how you get back down to that resting state. Right. Because you may have never experienced it to a certain extent. Right. I'm convinced that there are some people that have never in their life experienced a zero. Yeah. Whether that's blueprinting, whether that's trauma, whether a combination of all of the above, like, yeah. So the idea of a zero is a fairy tale. Josh, what do you think is more powerful when it comes to how you impact that pattern? Do you think it's how people think or how people feel through it? I think both are really important. I think that at first it may be really hard to feel through it, especially depending on how activated someone becomes. So that can be a really big challenge. So sometimes I start with the thinking because it's safer for some people and then move into the feeling. I mean, even resourced feeling can be really overwhelming. But at the end of the day kind of thing, we have to feel through it in order to move through it. And I think it's just as important to start learning more positive cognitions in that process so that our thinking is supporting the feeling that we're moving through. So, I mean, I've written a blog. I mean, I don't know if it's out yet, but a blog about metaphor of like the highway and our neural pathways and changing the way we think. I think I may have mentioned it on in an episode before, but going through the process of like gaining awareness, slowing down, like shifting the way that we're thinking, testing reality kind of thing like what's the possibility of this actually happening and if that is my fear then what can I do can I actually have this conversation or whatever the case may be to kind of help restructure some of the automatic thought processes that we send ourselves on and in doing that like I think it starts to build a container for ourselves to actually feel a little bit more but yeah I've had both cases where like we can jump in and feel it and then I have other cases where jumping in and feeling it would completely re-traumatize them mm-hmm. or at least in this moment it would <laughs> re-traumatize them right but yeah I think both of the, both thinking it through and feeling it are super important mm-hmm. but in order to actually move through it like you're gonna have to feel it at some point And I think both are significant as well, because how you, like how you said, build that container 
and what you build that container with, I think is super significant. Yeah. Or if you're just going to jump in the water, you, you also have to know how to swim. Yes. Swimming is good. Especially when, I mean, but then you have some people that you're in a pond and assume that it's shark infested waters. Sure. I mean, so trying to help them understand cognitively, like sharks can't live in a pond or in a pool. Mm -hmm. Josh, I really appreciate you showing up today and taking a deeper dive into the content of anxiety. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. And as always, feel free to check out our website at www.stillpointhealing.com. You can check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at stillpointhealing. And you can always email us here at the podcast with any questions at soyoucanheal at stillpointhealing.com. And a invitation to all those listening please subscribe rate and review our podcast because the more rates and reviews and subscriptions we have the more present we can be for others and if you already have many blessings and thanks and until next time bye bye